0: Welcome to dark mode the podcast that brings you sage advice from two technology experts and that's not just what we call ourselves It's what our moms tell people when they need to fill six empty PCIe lanes and they have no idea what to put in them I'm your host Luke Miani And I'm your host Noah Rubin on this show We take
1: questions from listeners attempt to answer them to varying degrees of success and
0: maybe even have a laugh or two along the way and today, we have to start not on a laugh, unfortunately, but on a tweet. I know, boring. Hmm. I'm, tr- I'm pulling this up here because, let me see, am I going to be able to... Okay, good, I can click on this without signing into Twitter. That's great news. So, we got to start with comment here from Baron. And this was this was like a little, not really a viral tweet, but a tweet that I think got a large number of engagement, let's say. Uh, In the wake of Apple's new Vision Pro headset, which was, I don't know if you saw this, Noah, but Mark Zuckerberg had some thoughts on the Apple Vision Pro, and those thoughts reminded me of another certain someone's thoughts from, oh, about 16 years ago. Actually, yes 16 years ago that's how long ago the iPhone came out so this this is my tweet Um, the headline here is Mark Zuckerberg says Apple Vision Pro has no magical solutions among other criticisms for why he doesn't think it's gonna work out all that well and I quote tweeted that with a headline from 2007 uh, Steve Ballmer laughs off the iPhone deems it most expensive in the marketplace I'm definitely seeing some parallels here. Rival tech CEO with a competing product that Apple has just threatened to upend saying, oh, they're wrong. They're, oh, that's fine. There's like no big deal. You know, that's basically <laughs> what they're saying.
1: That was such a good impression, <laughs> by
0: the way. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, this that's funny because I did read, you know, all the stuff that that Zuck said, uh, you know, no magical solutions. He was like Apple hasn't done anything that we haven't already tried. Yeah, which I kind of I'm not I'm not too sure doubt. about that, but I we'll doubt get, we'll that. get into that. But I do think it's funny because one of the big things that zuck mentioned was the price saying that you know one and basically the way he framed it was saying like you know Meta wants to make these things accessible to everyone and that's why they started what like three hundred dollars i think and yeah and then the vision pro is 3500 dollars. the price was one of the things that he specifically talked about so it is actually pretty funny uh you know the exact uh, article that you that you put in the screenshot there
0: yeah no, and that's exactly what people were saying about the iPhone, and that's what they're saying now. Like, obviously, things are a little bit different, and I'm trying to find, uh, like, a, a cost comparison of, like, what were the competitors? What was the MetaQuest 3 in, you know, in 2007, right? What was the leading comparison, uh, and so I'm trying to find, like, okay, how about this? Motorola Razor. That was like the 2000 2005 and six. That was like the hot, the the new hot biz. Yeah. So in 2000, let's see here. Oh yeah, okay. So. What? In 2007, a Motorola Razor was 50 bucks with a contract. Because you have to remember when we talk about the iPhone comparison, people and people always do this, they say, oh, the iPhone's so expensive, it used to be $500, and we thought that was expensive. And yes, it was $500 copay because they were on contracts. Because remember, before like 2013, you were buying a phone with a contract and most of the time it was like two hundred dollars with a two-year plan right i think that's what our iphone fives were back in the day yeah
1: those were all
0: they were all carrier subsidized and i
1: think they were like i don't know if you could even for a while you couldn't even buy them unlocked but like eventually when you could they were very expensive
0: Yeah, because, like, a lot of it, you were just paying your phone. You were kind of putting a down payment on it, in a way. Um, I'm trying to find out what the launch price... Oh, dude, that's so funny. Apparently, when the Razer first came out, it was, like, 500 bucks on a contract. So, I guess that's, like... Maybe. No, wait. This might have just been a comparison here. Ah, dude. Why did nobody, like... I really want to find, like, an internet... Okay, wait. Why don't I do this? Internet Archive. What were the comps to the iPhone? I want to go on Verizon.com. Verizon.com. Boom. And I want to see what their prices were. I'm going to go on the Wayback Machine. Here, I'll put this on the screen. Okay. Because I think this is so interesting... And we'll we'll get into what Zuck said and, and the similarities and differences in a second. But I want to go all the way back to 2007. Maybe well, let's do 2006, right before the iPhone comes out. what What did Verizon.com look like? Let's see if the Wayback machine has any like, you know, the, the like promotions or like the prices of the phones that you would have seen. Oh, good. This is very boring. All right, geez. VerizonWireless.com. dot com. Let's see. Maybe, maybe that will give us something. Ah, jeez. Maybe they didn't really have a ton of like retail stuff on their website. Maybe not. Yeah, there's like nothing. I'm trying VerizonWireless.com. dot com. Let's see where that's going to take us. Because I really do think it it would be interesting to know. I mean, I would imagine that maybe not ten times the price, but at least triple quadruple oh god this is a mess all right what if we did what if we did best buy maybe that would be better
1: okay and do you want to zoom in uh the
0: screen a little bit sorry i'm on a 27 inch screen and i keep forgetting (laughs) that everyone else sees it smaller all right let's do best buy december 9th 2006 this is right at my like eighth birthday very you should switch the tab over oh i for it went to a new tab that's stupid we're
1: very professional here don't worry
0: about it i i'm sorry it's hard to keep up it keeps opening new tabs gosh look at this old best buy website oh that is beautiful oh that's nice look at that that's nice that's nice all right let's see here do we have cell phones at the MP3. top, the
1: top, uh, there's uh, phones and communications.
0: Aha, cellular. Here Telephones, we go. Telephones, two-way know. radios. I know. Oh. And look at that HDTV. That was so classic. All right, what what oh. cell phones did they have? Gosh, this isn't really helping me, is it? Gift cards. I don't Wait, want go a gift up. card. There you go. Get one of these. Oh. Okay, look, here's LG 8600 was 79.99. That's pretty cheap. Let's let's hit Shop now. Gosh, dang it. That one that opened a new tab. Hang on. I'm like chasing tabs. Is this right? Yeah. All right. Oh. Dang it. They don't have it. <laughs> I'm so mad. Cell phones and plans. Let's see if that will open. This is This is, I get why people don't do live podcasts now, because we're just figuring this all out as we go. And it opened a new tab! Oh, jeez. I'm mad. But, okay, forget it. Forget about it. It's fine. But those were back in the days where, like, the comparable phones, I mean, we saw that one deal, $79.99, like, Hundred dollar phones, two hundred dollar phones, all on contract. Like that's just a given at that period. And the iPhone comes out at five Hundo subsidized. You can see why Steve Ballmer said that. Now we look back on that and we're like, eh, whatever. That's fine. Uh but you know, it, it is kind of funny to see to look back on those comments and and compare them to what Zuck was saying. Let me see if I can pull up that full quote. Uh because he had he had some thoughts that honestly were very very similar. Very similar. Let's pull up for comparison. Here we'll start with we'll start with Balmer 2007 and then we'll see how similar that is. So here's an article from April 30th. So he says Even if the iPhone's first iteration is a success and then Apple introduces lower-cost versions, hint, they did, it'll still be a device that's confined to a small section of the overall market. Ironic. For every person willing to drop three to 500 on a phone, there are a great many more consumers who won't. Ironically. I guess this isn't his quote. Um, he debunked a Zune phone, which I guess did not happen but they did do a phone once again too late and probably too expensive and not very well done but I don't know it it's kind of funny because these are the same things that people are saying about uh exactly the same things people are saying about the headset yeah
1: it's it's definitely like. You know, we said it was going to be the iPhone moment. We said this a bunch of times. And it's funny because it is in terms of like the announcement being like a new product category, being potentially the next, you know, evolution. You know, how we said the iPhone killed the iPod. Will this kill the iPhone? Maybe eventually it will. We don't know. So iPhone moment in that way. But then, of course, it's also the iPhone moment in the way that all of these, uh, you know, all the people are are bringing up a lot of these same Uh, exact points that happen with the iPhone. And again, we don't know. Maybe these will be valid points and maybe there really will be these problems, but it is funny that it's exactly the same things. You know, the thing about the price, the thing about like, oh, you know, consumers aren't going to want this. It's too expensive. It's impractical, Mm -hmm. whatever. It's like all the same. And maybe it'll be right this time. Maybe it won't be, but it's the same thing, which is very funny.
0: I I, want to find the current range of let's let's go to Newegg and look up VR headset because in the same way and and I know that people are going to point out fans of the Apple Vision Pro are going to say well you can't really compare the Vision Pro to the existing headsets right like look at this look at these categories they've got VR headsets under 400 four to 700 700 to a thousand dollars And then over $1,000 now for over $1,000, what are we looking at here? We have 1300, there's one 2000. That one has, I think that one has eye tracking. Yeah. So eye tracking is going to put you up to 2000. There's some like more like new ones, like Varjo Aero. Never heard of them. Pimax. Don't know what that is. This is is honestly a mess. There's so many different options or configurations, but these are this is the high end, right? And we're still only about half the price of Apple Vision Pro. But let me redirect your attention to this screen from T-Mobile April 23rd, 2006. And honestly, the layout of this it's it's not dissimilar
1: <laughs> yeah yeah you got you got your bunch of different options there they all look very different very yeah. homogenous we'll say i love the anywhere minutes on their back back when you used to care about how many minutes you had on
0: your plan oh that's yeah a good one that's a throwback here's look here's our all phones four pages and a lot of them are free Let's go to page 4. That's ostensibly the expensive page. And look at that, dude. Ooh. We're on page 4. This is the cream of the crop. These are blackberries, all right? Oh yeah. $200. Oh, yeah. This one has a it's 349 with an instant discount of 100 bucks and a $50 mail-in rebate. Oh, I missed those. Yeah. yeah. Ah, what a what a what a scummy tactic those were. Am I right? <laughs> yep. God. But look, this is the most expensive. The most expensive is the T-Mobile BlackBerry 8800 internet and corporate email. Whoa. Built-in QWERTY keyboard, HTML web browser, $349.99. This right here, this is the Microsoft HoloLens. This is the, uh, the MetaQuest Pro. That's what that is. (laughs) <laughs> that is that is
1: actually a very apt comparison yeah I love that the built in QWERTY keyboard with the, the physical keys everyone oh, yeah. wants physical, physical keys yeah. HTML web browser compared that to the browser Safari mobile Safari and that whole demo that they showed off showing the, the full desktop websites
0: mm-hmm. it really that really is a pretty, that pretty good comparison dude I'm like This is, I'm blowing my own mind here because this is exactly like very rarely. No, that's not true. History very frequently repeats itself, but usually they like try not to make it look like it's totally just copying someone else's homework, but this is the exact same thing with the exact same company. It's Apple doing it again. And the fact that people are still like, you know, all of these people, all of these companies back in the mid-2000s that said this about Apple. Have we learned nothing? They did it. They did this 16 years ago with this. Look at that. I still love this design. It still looks so much more like attractive than all of those other ones, and it makes so much more sense. Why would you want a QWERTY keyboard? Why would you want a QWERTY keyboard? They, you just had a touchscreen. Same thing now. We go back. Let's go back to that Newegg page. What is the one thing? What's the new version of our QWERTY keyboard? It's these controllers.
1: Yep, It's the controllers who wants controllers when your hands can just do everything. Exactly. I mean, there's no eyes on there. It's like, there's just a bunch of little dots on the front. It's like, where it's like, what are you looking at? Like, I can't see you. That's no good.
0: Yeah. Like I, everyone makes fun of the Apple headset, but this is pretty stupid looking like, you know, this is the, this is the thing. I, I I will say, though, Apple hasn't made a headset that's so completely dramatically different that, like, it's it's not even the same ballpark. Like, it does still kind of look like this. It's just a better-looking version of this. So, it, it, you could make the argument that it wasn't quite as, like, whoa, as having this compared to, you know, having this, this sleek touchscreen brick that was the original iPhone compared to the other things the other the sidekick the razor the the blackberry all of those but i mean come on it seems pretty obvious to me that what apple's doing is making it better and not being afraid of the price because it's apple and they know that people will just throw money at them and they're just like no what you need is you're not doing controllers. You're just going to point and look. Right? Done. And no, you're not going to see pixels. What is this? 2001? Retina screen. Foveate the renderer. Do it. It, it, it just, it's like, it kind of makes sense.
1: Yeah, and I feel like, honestly, <clears throat> if you look at the iPhone, the original iPhone, It is a very sleek and nice-looking thing, and especially when you compare it to, like, the modern phones. Like, the modern phones, like, obviously they look different, but, like, not even that different. Like, it's very, very clear, like, when you look at the original iPhone and the current iPhone, like, you know, how the technology progressed to get there. I feel like... With the iPhone, it was a big departure from the from the stuff before, but I don't know if it was even that much bigger of a departure than Vision Pro is from the stuff we have right now, right? Mm. If you take like one of those Blackberries, that that most expensive Blackberry that you had, if you just chop chop off the qwerty keyboard and make the screen longer, you'll get a decent amount of the way there. Like obviously, True. the iPhone is more polished and and nicer and whatever, but like overall that's the biggest change that they made you do that you're most of the way there i feel like vision pro kind of does that like getting rid of the controllers but yes the controllers aren't like physically attached to the headset obviously they're not part of the headset but they're part of the experience and they're needed right. in order to use it so getting rid of the controllers was the equivalent of getting rid of the QWERTY keyboard hmm. and then doing the things like making it look you know making it look nice and you know adding like the eyes the the you know the, the the screen on the front whatever that's sort of the equivalent of them polishing it up and improving the industrial design and making the thing look nicer and, and a little bit more unique so I feel like there's sort of those two parallels uh, you know between the iPhone and the and the Vision Pro
0: no yeah I think you're right I can definitely see that. Um, I think it is, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess controllers are our QWERTY keyboard. In in the same way that the iPhone came in with this premium material, that's the same thing now, right? We have aluminum and glass and and fabric compared to plastic. Mm -hmm. So in many ways, they, they literally just said, all right, Let's do that all whole thing again. Um and and when you put it that way, it does make Zuckerberg's comments seem just a just a touch ironic. So let's pull up this is his comments. So in a meeting with meta employees, Zucky Bucky said that the Vision Pro has no magical solutions that meta has not thought of and cost seven times more. Literally what, what was he reading? Steve Ballmer's notes for that. Um, he said that Apple's announcement really showcases the difference in the values and the vision that our companies bring to this. Huh, interesting. Meta's goal is to offer products that are accessible and affordable to everyone. 34.99 compared to 9.99 for the Quest Pro. Their goal is fundamentally social, whereas the Vision Pro appears to be more isolating. Ironically, given that it's augmented reality, but okay. He admitted that Apple's approach could be the vision of the future computing, but not the one that he wants. Quite interesting. Uh, I don't know. It just... It just doesn't really, it seems like a lot of cope to me, you know? This whole, here's a direct passage. I'd say the good news is there's no kind of magical solutions that they have to any of the constraints on the laws of physics that our teams haven't already explored and thought of. They went with a higher resolution display, and between that and all the technology they put in there to power it, it costs seven times more and now now requires so much energy that you... And now requires so much energy that now you need a battery and a wire attached to it to use it. They made that design trade-off. And it might make sense for the cases they're going for. But look, I think that their announcement showcases the difference in the values and the vision. Ironic vision. And like, look, I think it's pretty transparent when you get down here, they say. Our vision for the metaverse and presence is fundamentally social. It's about people interacting in new ways and feeling closer in new ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a lot of nonsense. That's a lot of nonsense because the metaverse sucks. I don't think anybody likes it. Yeah. I think
1: I I think okay, there's a lot I have there's plenty of things that we could say about about all that, but focusing on that one thing, I think it's interesting the way that 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 I think he's wrong. I think he's honestly just flat out wrong in terms of he. Because first of all, he's equating two different things. He's saying mm. the the he's saying that the Meta Quest is more uh, social because it's about the metaverse, it's about connecting with people, whatever, whatever. But that's different. But then saying that the, that the Apple Vision Pro is isolating. Well, okay, the metaverse is an online thing. It's not, I don't think it's the kind of thing where you have multiple people in the same room and right. they're all like in the same virtual world. I don't think that's how it works. I don't think that's what the intention of it is to be. So you could say like it's more it's the you know the quest is more social because it has the metaverse and people do that. But that's talking about like people going online guess what the the uh vision pro has FaceTime built in and it has that whole avatar thing whatever that's basically the equivalent right? The equivalent of mm. you have the headset on and you're interacting with uh, with other people, right? And so right. in that regard, you know, sure, maybe the metaverse is like, you know, you're with a bunch of random people. It's like an online social network, uh, whereas FaceTime, you're talking to people that you actually know, right? But it's the same sort of idea. But then when you take that away and you say, what if there's two people in the same room? Well, the Vision Pro is the better one in that case, because it has the full three, the full 3d full color reprojection. And it has all those features where someone gets near you and they like their body appears on top of the screen. So you always know where people are. They can see your eyes, you know, through the headset, whatever versus like the meta quest. You can't like interact with someone in the same room when you're wearing that thing, unless they're also wearing one, and you're in some sort of shared experience that that may or may not exist, I don't know how it works. But I just feel like that's it's they're like comparing two different things. They're saying like the the the, the Meta Quest is is a social thing because you can go online on the metaverse. The the Vision Pro is not because what you can't go online. Not, you can use FaceTime, but but what? Yeah, I don't. Get I think
0: it. it's. I think they're trying to say. I, I think it's a very weak argument, but they're basically just trying to say that the metaverse is a social network, so therefore it's a social device, whereas right. the Apple counterpart doesn't have an online component. But it's a very it's, – it's almost a straw man argument because they're saying because the metaverse is internet connected, that makes it social – but I would very, I think, very easily be able to argue that the metaverse is more isolating than Apple's approach. Because Apple, like, if if the metaverse, if meta's offerings are social, it's only in the same way that, like, Facebook or Twitter is social. It's not yeah. actually, you know, you interacting with people. That's the thing that makes Apple's attempt here more... Social is that it's a, a physically social, not an, a plugged-in online version of social. They were the only company, really, that has taken the time to be like, hey, what if you're wearing this thing and another person is in the same room as you? Because they're not going for gaming, right? Every other use of VR is I'm alone in my room and no one can see me and I'm doing my own thing. Whether it's online or not is immaterial. You're alone. You're doing your own thing. Apple is starting. There's a long way to go. But they are starting to have the attempt of like, okay, if we want this as something for our future, we can't all just pretend that you know these crucial key devices are only going to live in our rooms where we use them in isolation completely alone. Apple is trying to break down that barrier and to be like okay they can see your eyes you can use this around other people doing something other than a niche game and this is the first step at making that happen in the same way that the iPhone was taking the utilitarian like emailing phone calling messaging aspects of the Blackberry that was gatekept for professionals and they're saying, okay, professionals want that. Normal people want that. You want to have phone. You want to set your wallpaper. You don't need to be, you can be a business person or you can be a normal person. They're not trying to niche this into one area. They're trying to say, okay, this is something that everyone's going to use. So we got to make this acceptable. Yeah, absolutely. I think,
1: you know, one of the other, you know, sort of ways to look at it. Let me see if I if I've lost my train of thought or not. <laughs> um <laughs> I was uh so we were just talking about the oh geez. The Okay. I think here's what I'll say. First of all, you know, this is the 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 um Vision Pro is going to be open to developers. Obviously we saw that we yeah. saw there's deep integration with Unity and how you can, you know, build software in Unity specifically for Uh, The Vision Pro, Unity stuff can run alongside other Vision Pro, I guess, like Swift UI kind of stuff, you know, whatever it is. So there are plenty of opportunities for people to make games. If you want some sort of like metaverse equivalent in whoever wants that, I don't want that. But for (laughs) whoever wants that, if you want some sort of metaverse game in your vision pro I'm sure someone's going to make that I'm sure you know someone is going to make games but I think it really comes down to it and I think this is what I was going to say it really comes down to um sort of like the 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 first principles or the guiding principles like when you're when uh you know when you start working on a new product a new app or a, or a game or a piece of hardware or whatever whatever pretty much anything honestly you you have these like guiding like fundamental ideas. Uh, these like constants these axioms mm. that aren't going to change and those sort of guide the way uh that your that your product unfolds and obviously things can change in the future so like for example with the vision pro one of the big ones and they talked about this at dubdub Dub, they talked about it also in the uh the talk show with, with uh, John Gruber that we that we got to go to which was very cool yep. uh they talked about this one of the fundamental uh things was the idea that it should be um it should be more, more like augmented reality in the way that like, you know, you should be more present and it shouldn't be totally isolating in the way. And it's funny because, you know, Zuckerberg said that Vision Pro is isolating. But the whole thing, right, that whole idea drove a lot of the, the ideas. The fact that it's like the full color reprojection, that it feels like you're actually in the same room. And not that you're in a virtual environment. You can be in a virtual environment when you turn it on. But the default, you know, you're not. It's things actually in your room. The thing with the eyes, the way that people can, like, lean in. And, yeah, sure, someone said there's, like, a warning. The guardian system and the the quest will tell you if someone's near you, sure. But not in the same way that, like, they come up to you and you can really tell. And, and whatever. Like, all of this stuff, right? It's that it's that core principle That and that's one of them the core principles that drove the development and all of the choices that Apple made to get to the product that they got to. Whereas, if you look at something like the MetaQuest and and, you know wherever that started back when it was Oculus, the idea was to be a single person, isolated experience, one person's wearing it hooked up to a computer, whatever things have you know changed over the years, but that's where they started. So, it's going to be a lot harder for them to eventually get to. The point that, you know, the Vision Pro is starting at because they started from different first principles.
0: And I think this comment really exemplifies that these principles, right? No one asked for the metaverse. No one said like, hey, I really would like if I could just go live in this alternate world where the we came to life. Like that, I think, is a difference between Apple's approach always and these other uh, other company attempts, I would say, is because when Apple does something, they they never just invent something out of thin air, right? You could have said the, a lot of the same things about the iPhone, right? You know, oh yeah, you can get an MP3 player. You can put even Apple, Apple even made the iTunes phone, right? Where you could have an iPod, an internet communicator and a cell phone all in one. They had things like all of the features that launched with the original iPhone. I know I've got one around me that I can charge up here and, and pull up that that home screen, that iconic home screen. But what were the things that it came with, right? A camera. Okay, phones had cameras. Came with a calendar. Phones had calendars. It had notes. Other phones had notes. It had iPod, MP3, sure. It had texting. It had calls, it had emails, it had a map. All of those are things that existed. They didn't invent that. What they invented was the presentation, the packaging, the way that you interact with it. And that is what the Vision Pro is doing to VR, AR. No one else, uh, like, yeah, there are other things that can track your eyes there are other things that have cameras on them. there are other headsets that have high resolution displays but what apple has here is the only one that combines all of those things and says hey we're not going to confine this to be used for gaming we're going to do everything that immediately gives them an advantage immediately Yeah, absolutely, because a lot of the existing applications,
1: it's majority game, Mm -hmm. and then you could look at, like, the HoloLens, and that's used for, like, enterprise things. And even Apple showed off a little bit of, you know, the potential enterprise applications, and I think I remember hearing, maybe it was at the talk show or something, that enterprise customers were already interested in looking at this. So they're still able to capture that audience gaming audience not as much obviously as you know like the Meta Quest like if you want to buy this thing for gaming you're probably going to get like a Meta Quest but that's fine it'll do some amount of gaming which is fine but it'll do a lot of other things uh you know that, that the other ones don't do and a lot of things it won't do at the beginning right like this this one may not you know what I mean? It's like the original iPhone. Mm. It didn't have a, a front-facing camera. It couldn't record video. It like so many things were missing that we now take for granted. It's the same thing with this. I think that the Vision Pro that they presented is a very strong start. It has a lot of great things. the 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 tracking, uh, hand tracking looks amazing. The reprojection we've heard from people who have told us directly that it's Mm -hmm. sad that it feels like real life which is you know incredible but i'm sure that there's gonna be plenty of features and plenty of uh things that are missing in the first one and i guess the fact that it can only that it can and will only get better from here is like the exciting part the first one's really exciting i'm really excited to see this first vision pro and like i'm i mean i'm gonna get one let's be real but like from going from there and knowing that things are going to get even better and there will be more features and it'll be faster and whatever whatever like that part is really exciting too
0: yeah i mean the the iphone launched without an app store launched without video as you mentioned there are a lot of things that will be missing from this headset and quite frankly apple doesn't know what they are yet you know steve jobs was 100 percent When the iPhone launched that that web apps were going to be the future. Catastrophically wrong he was on that front. And immediately Mm -hmm. wrong because iOS 1 didn't even... Like, the app store got announced for iOS 2, so it was like a year. The iTunes store got added within months. Like, iPhone OS 1.1 added the iTunes store, so they already knew... Okay, something's got to change. They also allow you to rearrange the apps. Like, things happen so fast because they were like, ah, yikes, yeah, that's going to have to change. The same thing is going to happen here. The one difference, and I do want to talk about the Mac, so this will be our final thing here. The one difference is that you don't have to wear an iPhone. This went in your pocket just like everything else. The problem is that you can reinvent VR, AR, whatever. You still have to wear something on your head that looks silly. And Julio here pointed out the only mistake Apple made was not to demo the VP with an executive wearing them on stage. That would have been the bomb. The big problem, the the one difference between this old iphone 2g and the current vision pro is that the vision pro looks silly that
1: that is a fair point as far as i think okay you can say it looks silly i think if you were to go out with it in public it absolutely it would it would look kind of silly i think it looks kind of cool. But it definitely isn't something that you would wear in public in the same way or in a different way than the iPhone you obviously would just put in your pocket, bring it out in public. So that is – that's absolutely true. And I think we saw that in all of the demos that Apple gave, the vast majority of them were in the home, and then there was maybe like a couple – like someone at an office you know, using it to do office work. And I think, I honestly think that to begin with, like for the first one, maybe even the first few, that's okay. Because we're still again, it's still like very early days, mm-hmm. you know, at least as far as Apple's concerned. There's a lot of, you know, room to grow in there. Like we'll start with this and 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 you'll be able to do things at home at the office. Like eventually there will be a version of this that you can wear out in public. It'll look You know, maybe it'll still look a little bit goofy, but it'll be a little bit less. It'll be like, you know, as it moves in the right direction, eventually maybe the wire goes away. That's kind of goofy to have a wire hanging off your head. If that goes away, that would be a little little bit better. If the thing, I don't know how like thick and like big on your face the thing's going to be, but if they can like make it smaller somehow, that might help. Eventually it will get to the point where you could wear it like, you know. Out in public, but but at least for now, I, I do agree that you can't really do that. But I think that there's enough for you to start with here. And and, you know, as Apple refines and 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 improves it, eventually it'll it'll get to
0: that point. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. Um, I think the the path, well, the launch of these two products is very similar. The path that they will take is not going to be the same. And fundamentally, Apple Vision Pro will not look the way that it looks now when it catches on. I think the only way that that is going to really take off is when we eventually end up in something that you can wear in public. A pair of glasses with this amount of capability. That's what needs to happen eventually. I think it'll take a while. And I think that this will be a success in the meantime because Apple has the backing and the cachet to make it work. But eventually for it to replace the iPhone, that's what needs to happen. Yeah, that's definitely, definitely.
1: Yes. It definitely won't replace the iPhone anytime soon. Right. I could see it replacing in, in certain scenarios. I like, I could see it where, when you're wearing this, like in the home, you might pick up your iPhone less often or even your Mac or your iPad or even using your television. Like mm-hmm. I could see this slowly start to replace some uses of those devices. But at the end of the day, when you walk out the door, you're going to be taking your iPhone with you. If you have friends over and you want to watch TV, you're going to have to yep. use a physical, like a real TV. You you know, you know, can't share this thing, obviously, at the same time. So I think it will slowly start to take over some of those things but it won't actually replace them until like you said it becomes more ubiquitous you can wear it in public price goes down more people get it so on and so
0: forth yeah i i definitely agree i think that that's it's it's going to be interesting to see what they do with that for sure uh but you know it's also going to be interesting noah what seeing what happens with these new Apple Silicon Macs coming out. Because I feel like, obviously, the big story is the headset. But you can't deny, we are still staring down the barrel here of the Apple Silicon Mac Pro, the M2 Ultra chip, and a 15-inch MacBook Air. What? Those three things would have been enough to make this an exciting WWDC, at least for me. But then we also have... This, you know, oh, iPhone 2.0 is here also as well, just for fun, just hanging out. I'm kind of glad that that's not coming out for a while because I'm going to need some time to prep for it. Yeah, that's fair. I am I am
1: really, really looking forward to that headset, but we're going to have to wait a little bit. But it is it is cool to see. The, the Apple Silicon Mac Pro was a complete surprise. We were not expecting to see it. I Not think it's all. very interesting the way that they like went about it. So we should we'll definitely talk about that. Uh, it was great to see the 15-inch MacBook Air. Obviously, we we're expecting that one. Uh, it's finally here. It's exactly what we expected. So that's super great. And then you know, yes, uh, M2 Ultra in the the Mac Studio. Get a little upgrade there. Always good to see.
0: Yeah, and I think the the interesting thing that we've got now is. None of these, okay, three new Macs, none of them is necessarily, like, an absolute killer, right? The 15-inch MacBook Air is pretty fantastic, except for the fact that it's on an M2 chip, which is a year old. Uh, Which, come to think of it, it's also a little weird that the Vision Pro is on the M2, when an M3 is ostensibly coming out. I think we're going to get an M3 chip before we get the Vision Pro. Possibly. That, that would be, be a little weird,
1: right? Unless unless they, like, announce – when they announce the M3 chip, if they say, oh, by the way, the Vision Pro will actually be powered by the M3. I don't know if they would do that. Mm. But if they – yeah, that would be uh, – yeah, we don't need to go back to the headset. But I think that was really weird to say. I guess they had to say it was powered by – something they, they they had to say what it was powered by but it is i hope that it ends up being the m3 that's all i'll say about that
0: yeah yeah i don't know it's a little weird i i'm secretly hoping that they'll say like okay well now we're releasing the vision pro and guess what it's faster than what we announced and here it is with the m3 I chip hope. i hope yeah it's also possible that they'll not announce the M3 chip until next WWDC. After the Vision Pro is already out, they could do that. It's possible. Uh, that'd be alarmingly slow, though. I'm hoping that a- Apple does need to kind of pick up their pace a little bit. I think, in some ways, with with Apple Silicon, uh, if they want to keep up. But either way, let's 15-inch MacBook Air. Great, great idea. Very simple, right? It's it's just bigger. That's all they did. They didn't even make the battery life better, which is weird. We'll see about that, though. I will be testing all of those things. But the the Mac Studio, I think, is the safest product because I think most of us would agree that the Mac Studio was probably the best thing to come from the Apple Silicon transition. They gave us a not- outrageously expensive, but very capable machine that runs extremely cool, has plenty of IO, including a front SD card, which I'm going to miss very much. Indeed, uh, with the Mac pro and like, th- there's just, I just don't even th- no notes, no notes. Mac studio was well, apart from the whole storage debacle, that would be my one note. Uh, but everything else, they knocked it out of the park. But now when it comes time knocked to it out Mac of the Mac Pro... Pack. Oh, yeah, they did. Nice. Yeah. Thank but you. now when it comes to the Mac Pro, I'm not so sure. Yeah, I think...
1: Okay, Mac Studio, it's, it's a great machine. And it's cool to see... Like, you know, okay, put M2 Ultra in it. It's going to be faster. Like, it, that's just objectively... It's objectively better, you know. If you already have a Mac Studio, you're probably not going to upgrade it unless your name is Luke Miani. But if you're going to buy a new Mac Studio, uh, you're going to buy a new one, and and you see, oh, here's an option that's even better, same price, whatever. You're gonna go for that one, right? So that that's a good upgrade. But the funny thing is, I think the Mac Studio, basically, basically we've gotten confirmation that they replaced. The, the the Mac Studio it basically replaced the Mac Pro when you think about it yeah. because the new Mac Pro is the Mac Studio with the PCIe it has six you know PCIe expansion slots and that's it and it's in correct me if i'm wrong the same chassis as the old Mac Pro
0: you are correct and fun fact the same power supply 1400 watts jeez that's
1: bro i thought the Mac mini power supply was overkill that's ridiculous
0: yeah 1,400 watts for a system that realistically, okay, M1 Ultra total package is maybe 300 under full load, so perhaps slightly more for the M2 Ultra, but, like, my goodness, folks, that's, obviously, a lot of that is to support the internal PCIe, right? So I get why they wouldn't want to shrink the power supply too much. It's still going to be overkill because PCI cards don't use that much, especially when none of them are graphics cards. But yeah, massively overkill. Uh, A chassis designed to cool things that you don't have, right? Like The Mac Pro chassis is designed with these channels to blow air across the RAM. While we don't have that anymore, it's unified memory. Uh, it has fans designed to absolutely dump air across these massive MPX module graphics cards. Well, we don't have those either. I I said in my video, yeah. on the inside of the thing, did you see how empty it looks? Oh, yeah. It's, it's kind of funny. It's pretty funny. It's goofy
1: looking. Yeah. And so I think, for me at least, and I say this as a, like an outsider looking in because I... Would never buy a Mac Pro. I have no reason, no need, no justification. Uh, but just looking at it from the outside, this Mac Pro is kind of goofy. Like taking, it, It's literally just a Mac Studio with PCIe slots in a case that is way too big and way too over-engineered for what it is. I really wish that Apple would have done a little, like, almost like the G4 Cube kind of thing, right? Because, like, the current Mac Studio is, like, a, a Mac Mini, but taller. I wish they would have done, like, a proper, you know, it's kind of like a Cube. The Mac Studio kind of looks like a Cube, but it kind of doesn't. I wish they would have done, like, a proper Cube thing, you know, put the... It could even be, like, a super tall one, like uh, the Airport uh, Extreme or the Time Caps, like the later generation versions of those, But, like, something, like, a new chassis, Mm -hmm. like, a new design that, like, takes advantage of the fact that the Apple Silicon stuff is so much smaller and so much more efficient. Yes, you need a lot of room for the PCI expansion cards, sure, but you don't need the amount of room and the style of case that we have. I get that they're, you know, using existing manufacturing processes. It's a lot easier. It takes less, you know, resources from them. But I feel like Apple... Like I was disappointed. Like we've seen, Apple Silicon has changed all of the other Macs in very big ways. Like you look at any other Mac, uh, you know, today iMac, MacBook Pro, MacBook Air, uh, whatever, Mac Mini. All of them compared to the ones before, and there are noticeable differences. And I feel like with the Mac Pro, yeah, it's just
0: not there. I feel like they they kind of they were kind of lazy with it. They were absolutely. I just pulled up an an image that I think encapsulates this perfectly like oh jeez this is what they've <laughs> just done it looks like an ITX motherboard inside a giant ATX case with a huge power supply like the ironic thing the ironic thing about all of this is that this is this new Mac pro is so much better value than the old one but it doesn't feel like it because the Mac studio exists that's the funny thing like right now the base model $7,000 Mac Pro is probably faster than a $20,000 Mac Pro under Intel 30,000 40,000 like that thing was over 50 grand if you spec'd it out like granted a lot of that was RAM sure But if you wanted the 28-core Xeon, it was $13,000 price starting. If you wanted it with GPUs, and that's, by the way, with an RX 580. So, like, if you wanted anything that could remotely compete with even an M1 Max, let alone the 76-core M2 Ultra, like, it you're getting now for $8,000 what before would cost you 20. But the problem is when you put it next to the Mac Studio which saves $3,000 on top of that, it looks laughable. It's never before has Apple announced a product that is twice as fast and half the price and we still go, "Well, that's pointless."
1: Yeah, I feel like this is almost, it's almost, but not quite like the iPad situation, the iPad Pro situation, Mm. where in 2018 they launched the iPad Pro and that thing was so good that even as it got, you know, better and faster and they put an M1 chip in it and like whatever, all that stuff, it still wasn't enough. I feel like the Mac Studio was kind of the same where they put so much of the Mac Pro, the level of performance and the IO, whatever, they put so much Mac Pro stuff into the Mac Studio that it just be, it was like such a good package that when they actually released the Mac Pro itself, it like seemed silly by comparison. I really think they were, obviously they were lazy with the Mac Pro, but given that the Mac Studio exists, they really couldn't, I'm not saying they couldn't afford to be lazy, but like if the Mac Studio didn't exist and this was the Mac Pro we got, I think people would be a lot happier about Mm -hmm. it because they don't know what they'd be missing out on the fact that you can get the same performance in a much smaller package is, and, and for a much, you know, cheaper price, $3,000 less, whatever, like it makes the Mac pro a hard sell. I feel like for the Mac pro, unless you really, really, really need those PCIe expansion slots, there's no reason to get the Mac pro over the Mac Studio. And I feel like that's a little bit disappointing for the most pro-level machine to have the only real difference be that it has PCIe slots in it.
0: Yeah. No, absolutely. And like the thing is, even if you want those PCIe slots, a lot of what you're going to do with them is storage. And for the $3,000 premium that you're paying just to be able to put whatever storage you want in it, you could get a fully decked out Mac Studio with 8 terabytes and buy, like, 50 terabytes of, like, hard drives to plug into it over Thunderbolt. So, like, the by nature of being that expensive, it nullifies a lot of its benefits.
1: Yeah, I just feel like... I don't know. Maybe Apple played their hand too soon with the Mac Studio and they could have. I guess at the end of the day, there is PCIe expansion and the Mac mm-hmm. Studio doesn't have that. It's not going to because it's so small, but it just feels, you know, someone here in the chat said, I think this is the last iteration of the Mac Pro. Long live Mac Studio. And to be perfectly honest, You know, like I I said before, Apple Silicon has has transformed a lot of Macs Mm. or has transformed most of the other Macs in a big way. MacBook Pro, iMac, MacBook Air, Mac Mini, not so much, but, you know, that's okay. But I feel like maybe we were at the point where the Mac Pro isn't really necessary because if the Mac Pro and the Mac Studio have the same level of performance, right, you can get the same upgrades and the same things. And the only difference is the expansion, but now the expansion is less of a valuable thing because you're not putting graphics cards in there. You're not putting afterburner cards in there, whatever, like maybe, maybe in the way that Apple Silicon changed a lot of the existing Macs, it also made the Mac pro obsolete. And so very well, this might be the last Mac Pro or the Mac Pro may continue to just be Mac Studio plus PCIe slots and most people won't buy it. Most people that would buy it would just buy a Mac Studio instead. Maybe that's just the the march of progress. I don't
0: Maybe. know. Maybe. I still have hope for the Mac Pro though. Uh, initially okay. when it came out, I was hoping that Apple would make it so that you could upgrade the SoC. Like if they could have... The entire m2 ultra be socketed that'd be sick because you could be buying your chassis keep all of your like PCI stuff installed and I'm sure it would cost many thousands of dollars but buy an m2 an m3 ultra card when that comes out they didn't do that so to this person who says the the Mac Pro is the only Mac you can kind of upgrade well it seems like all you can upgrade is the storage both the internal storage, the same way that you could do on the previous Mac Pro, but also because of PCIe. And don't get me wrong, that is cool. And I fully intend to do that and put just like an absolute buttload of NVMe SSDs in this thing. Like, of, of course I want to do that. But it it's not really upgradable. It's only really expandable. And... To Noah's point, maybe it doesn't need to be upgraded. Like in the Mac Pro, it was you know you could put in these dual MPX modules. Well, that them two Ultra in an SOC is already faster than that. So, what is there to upgrade? Same with the CPU. You could argue that it makes the Mac Pro obsolete. I would argue that it. I think you're right, but it could also give Apple an additional opportunity. We saw with the VR headset that they have a coprocessor, the R1 chip. So it maybe gives me some hope that in the future, Apple could come up with some first-party expansion cards that add coprocessors or accelerators or something some i feel like there is the room when you have the ability to expand for them to find some way to to provide additional functionality somehow yeah i think you know maybe you could look at the one way this is
1: the last mac pro whatever whatever maybe this is just apple getting you know they said they were going to do the apple silicon transition in two years obviously they didn't quite make that mark but i feel like they're pretty close so maybe this is their way of you know getting that last product they teased Mm -hmm. you know the last product is the max the mac pro getting the mac pro there maybe eventually in the future we'll see the Mac Pro, you know, some some differentiation. Maybe it'll get a redesign. Maybe it'll get some, like, dual SOC kind of thing. Someone was mentioning that in the comments. Maybe it'll get that. Maybe it'll get some kind of coprocessor that lets you do, uh, you know, other expansions of other kinds, whatever. There, there, there's room. I guess just because this particular Mac Pro was a bit disappointing doesn't mean that right. the future of all Mac Pros have to be disappointing. Uh, but... You know, I guess the point is they got it onto Apple Silicon. They finished the transition. They did. Uh, and now, you know, now we can see where they go from there.
0: Three years to the day, Apple Silicon transition is over. There, You no longer can buy a new Intel Mac from Apple. It's a, It's a pretty interesting time to be around. And... You know, so in good and bad ways. Mostly good, I think, but I I am definitely a little bit sad about the demise of the Mac Pro. At least in terms of something to actually aspire to own, Um, especially when you consider that for eight thousand dollars, that okay, six sixty nine ninety nine. That's the price, the starting price of the uh, the Mac Pro. We can get the same 60 core GPU M2 Ultra, but double the RAM at 128 and eight times the storage for the same price. It's, you know, when you see something like that, you're like, dang, Apple, Apple accidentally nuked their own product. They made the Mac Pro obsolete. We didn't even realize it at the time. The Mac Studio came out and we thought, oh, this is a great holdover product. while we wait for the Mac Pro? Nope. Turns out that was that was it. That was the one.
1: Now we know. Yeah, pretty much. And and so hopefully, you know, in the future, things might change. But I guess for now, uh, that's where we are. And I know that we're a little bit over time, but I wanted to talk about the show for like two minutes oh, yeah. before we end. Because yeah. it was just uh, almost a week ago. So we got to talk about that briefly.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, let me pull up the link here because we did record it. I know a lot of people were asking, you know, oh, where's the, you guys are going to live stream. You got a live stream. And we said, oh God, no, there's no way that we're going to be able to live stream this. That's crazy. But we did set up some cameras and we were able to get it recorded and it's up on YouTube right now if you missed it. So I'm finding the link here. It was honestly one of the most like insane things I've ever done. I would say. It was it was surreal like being on that stage in
1: front of the people and being like, We're like we're actually doing like a show right now. Like
0: yeah. It was it was pretty crazy. It it I felt like real people kinda. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it was it was a really, really special event and I, I'm really glad we did it, ultimately. I know we were very nervous, you know, it it we we made no money from it, by the way. I'm pretty sure our net like profit is gonna be negative. I think we're gonna end up having paid to make that show happen. But I'm so glad that we did it. Yeah, it was, it was an amazing experience. And that's all I
1: cared about was the experience. Like, yeah. you know, and I guess it's easy for me to say that because I have like a job that pays me a salary and whatever. Yeah, you do. So I don't, so I don't, I'm don't very have a happy. salary. I know. So I'm more than happy to say that. But, but, but no, honestly, it was an amazing experience. It was amazing. Like we spent literally like the entire year up to this point planning the event, which was a lot of work, but it was really great to like, get super close with, Mm -hmm. you know, Sam and John and, you know, obviously we're already very close, but it gave us a lot of excuses to talk. Uh, We like, you know, we, we put this thing on, we had over a hundred people come. It was super awesome. Everyone that came said that they loved it. It was an awesome time. We had an awesome time. We had some cool guests that talked about the headset and this, you know, all the stuff that they saw, which was awesome. Meet and greet was really cool. I got to sign a few things, which was, uh, which was very fun. Uh, It was such an amazing experience, and even though we are probably going to lose money, especially because we have over a hundred t-shirts in my living room upstairs that may <laughs> or may not ever get sold,
0: we'll it was see. still an
1: amazing experience.
0: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm like still, still in shock that we did that. It, it kind of came and went so fast that I didn't even. I was like, "Hold what? We did that? That's crazy! Crazy." I know it was
1: like so much planning leading up to it. The few days leading up to when everyone was in town were like crazy hectic. We were all running around. We like bought the, uh, the furniture that we used for the show. We bought it like two days before we returned it the day after we were running all over the place. It was crazy. It was a whirlwind, but it was so much fun. And the last thing that I'll say, someone asked here, will you do it again? For me, 100%. And I've been saying that for the entire time when all of the other guys were like going crazy. We were all going crazy. But I was saying when, we, when this happens, it's going to be amazing and we're going to want to do it again. And I want to do it again. Maybe a little bit less of involved, a little bit more chill one, maybe yeah. a smaller venue. I don't mm-hmm. know. But I would do it again. Would you do it again?
0: I, I think I'm on the same page as you. I need to spend less time making it happen and also not spend neg- not earn negative money from it because I do make yeah. my living doing this. But yes, I would. I would do it again. I think honestly I I would love to make a habit of just every once in a while getting a smaller venue like we we kind of went big on this one. This was a big show. I would yes. definitely be on board with, like, smaller venue, limited access, basically VIP only. We we sold out of VIP tickets. We had to add more. Like, clearly that's what people wanted. So I would do a smaller venue, uh, less planning, you know, just straight up, let's do a podcast. Let's get some Q&A. We already have the app for some, some feedback and comments. Perfect. We can, we can do that more easily, go to more cities and different times. If we were to do it, something like that, that was less involved, I would do it again.
1: Absolutely. So I definitely think, I definitely hope we will. We're taking Mm -hmm. a nice break. I'm not even going to bring it up as much as I would love to. I'm not going to bring it up for a little while. Yeah. It's not happening this
0: year, folks. I'm sorry. Yeah. Eventually
1: I've, I promise, if no one else brings it up, I will. I would love to do it again. Uh, Smaller venue, maybe on the East Coast this time. That would be cool to get. I'd love to do NYC. Yes, that would be super awesome. Uh, Thanks to Clean My Mac for sponsoring. They were an awesome sponsor. They took a chance on us. I hope it was worth it for them. It was definitely worth it for us. Um. Sell the extra merch. Yes, if you go to the live recording and you look down in the comments, we have the t-shirts for sale at Genius.Supply. So if you're interested in picking one up, uh, you can. They're all sitting upstairs in my house. I would love to ship them out to people. And I will just say we are not making much money on these t-shirts. These were, like, really, really They're very high-quality,
0: expensive t-shirts. We I think we make, yeah. like, $4 a shirt. Probably less with shipping. Yeah.
1: Yeah, probably. Yeah. So Sam went a little crazy with these, but uh, <laughs> but they're very, they're very nice shirts. Uh, I promise you, if you think the price is kind of high, we are not making that much money on yeah. this. So you can check them out at. Genius it's not corporate
0: apply. greed. It's just Sam. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's just <laughs> Sam and our need to be as little uh, as as less in the negative uh, as we possibly can. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, and look at that. We have, as someone who is there, he can vouch they are great shirts. Look at that. Yes, Not at all biased. That's
1: my, my good friend, Nick, who is also sitting upstairs. Not at all biased. With with the shirts. But, yes, they are great <laughs> shirts. I have a shirt. And, uh, yeah, One okay, one last thing. Someone asked. Uh, the feedback. Someone was trying to send feedback and it disappeared. We do have an email for this podcast. We haven't talked about this in a while, but if you email submissions at darkmodepodcast.com, uh, DRK, of course, modepodcast.com, uh, I will get them and I will share them with Luke and we'll try to include them. So you can email feedback and ideas and anything. I or feel like praise. we should say this more often. Yeah, you can say how awesome that we are and how yeah! much you love uh, watching every week. Woo! Yeah, so submissions at darkmodepodcast.com. Feel free to uh, to send us a message there. And I think, uh, I think I have a message to send to you, Luke. Oh, what's that? <laughs> that message is that we are way over time and we should end this episode.
0: Oh, that's a great idea. You're right. We are and we shall. I've been your host, Luke Miani. And I've been your host, Noah Rubin. We'll see you next week and have a
1: great night.